Welcome to Be the Phoenix of Your Own Life, The Feminine Rising. My name is Julie Paulston. I am your host, and I am so absolutely honored that you stopped by. Each week, I'm going to be sharing my own personal journey, and I'm also going to be interviewing some incredible people that will be sharing their journeys as well, in hopes that we can educate, motivate, and inspire you to live the best possible life that you can. So grab your favorite beverage, maybe a snack or two, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Because at the end of the day, this truly is all about you. Welcome back to Being the Phoenix of Your Own Life, The Feminine Rising. My name is Julie. I am your host. And it is an honor because my guest today, I got to go on her podcast and it was live and it was an amazing experience. And just in the little time that I got to know her, I knew that I had to have her on here so that you guys could hear her story coming out of adversity and so today I am super excited to have Jury Love on the podcast. Jury, I always allow you to introduce yourself because nobody can introduce themselves better than you can. So tell my listeners a little bit about yourself and then I have a question for you. Great. So my name is Jury Love. Thank you so much for having me on your show, Julie, and then you were my guest, and then I was very excited to be on your guest. So I am uh, originally from Japan, and I'm currently doing multiple jobs, and so I do acting, and I do TV film producing, I'm a journalist, I'm a model, and I'm a single mom, I do DoorDash, Uber Eats, whatever it takes to pay bills, but mainly acting, producing, and doing journalism and musician, I play piano. I love it. I love the fact that you do so many different things because it gives you so much life experience and it gives you so, it gives you the ability to look at life through many different lenses. And so the title of my podcast is Be the Phoenix of Your Own Life. We have all been in the ashes of our lives. And I know that you have an absolutely incredible story. You've written a book about it, and we will get to that later. Uh, I wanted to know what's a time that you can think of that you were in the ashes of your life and you knew that you had to reclaim that divine inner phoenix. And how has it impacted your life now rising out of those ashes? Well, that's a very, very deep question. And I appreciate that a lot. Now, when I felt like I was in an absolute ashes, um, I really had no idea that I was in and that's how bad it was. And I think a lot of times when you are in a deep, deep trouble that you don't even know that you are in ashes and you don't even know that's the pivotal point that it's a complete survival mode that you don't even have a realization. And looking back, I think it was and I think it was the worst time of my life. But in that moment, I was just a completely survival mode. Years later that I realized I had a significant trauma and I dealt with it for maybe two or three decades of my life. So it was a sexual abuse from my father and I was in Japan and I didn't even know that what it was called 
and it was not just my dad but um, two uncles also and I didn't know how to get out of it and I was physically, sexually, emotionally, verbally abused by uh, mainly father but two uncles it just kind of started like a tickling playing and I was constantly having orgasm and I had no idea what it was and I started to like um, have these sensations uh, at like four I think um, and I just um, was very sexually stimulated every day and I had no idea that um, it was part of my life but then later on I realized I went through pretty different childhood than other people and I didn't even know how to rise evolve I didn't even know that I was having a PTSD I was having a mental issue I had no idea and when I told um, my story that I was not when I was not believed that I tried to kill myself at 15 and since it was in the 80s and nobody talked about it um, especially between the family members uh, it's very hard to believe nowadays Me Too movements um, really popular that a lot of people have heard the story and then have an understanding of the impact but then I didn't have the support so I got kicked out and then I was homeless I was just called um, it's crazy and so to answer your question in the middle of that I was in ashes I had no idea I was in and later on how I survived was there was a point that I wanted to quit everything including my life and basically I was dropping out of high school I was a pretty good student I was academically doing well but I got zero on my math test I skipped school this is when I was 17 and I just wanted to quit everything but somebody that I was dating at that time told me that I should volunteer and I didn't even know what volunteer was and I signed up for a volunteer to help disabled people overnight camp and I was assigned to this man um, he was maybe in his 30s wheelchair bound and I was assigned to feed him and talk to him and he was having this hiragana Japanese character um, letters that he was pointing out like what he wanted to eat that's how he communicated and then he said later on that last month was hard and that took him like 30 minutes to point everything I had to remember what he pointed and then I said why because I just met him and he said my mom died and then I didn't say anything but the next sentence that he points took like maybe 10-15 minutes that changed my life he said it was my fault and that really shocked me in a way that I had adversity I had been through a lot I was 17 that time but I realized that I had eyes I had nose I had everything five senses and I had all this ability to um, do whatever I wanted to do however my brain was limiting myself 
So I had a very good epiphany and realization and swore myself that I would never complain. And I haven't. And whatever happened, and even when I was homeless, when I was um, working, when other kids were in college, I saved $30,000 by myself to come to Berkeley College of Music. It was very hard. And I was getting bullied at work, and I was paying rent. It was very hard. But um, I got a scholarship, and I came here, and I studied a nonprofit, and I saved a lot of kids in juvenile detention centers by creating 501c3, having like a lot of volunteers helping them uh, learn music in a detention program. And in result, I got an award from Boston Celtics called Heroes Among Us. So, oh, that is so amazing. I think that a lot of people, a lot of people when they go through adversity, and I mean, when you think back and that the person who assaulted you was the one person that you were supposed to trust more than anybody in this world. And coming from the culture, the Japanese culture, and from what I know of it is you don't talk a lot about that stuff. You just, it's, it's shame is you don't ever want to bring shame on your family. You don't want to talk about it. It's not something to be discussed because that happens in bad families. It doesn't happen in our family. And to be that young, to go through that, to have that happen and to be where you are now is a huge testament to when you made that commitment of, I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to make excuses. I'm just going to keep moving forward. And you got yourself out of the situation. What do you think once you got here, what do you think were some of the things that helped you the most to stay in the on the positive side and to not go back into those thoughts of, I don't want to be here anymore. This sucks. I can't believe this happened to me and staying in the positive side instead of falling back into that victim mentality. Well, thank you so much for that question. It's very important to stay in the positive side, especially when you are suffering with mental health and PTSD and anything can trigger you. And then I can go deep depression or whatever, for like a week or it can be like, you know, a day or something that I just have to decompress myself. I think part of it is that, well, I, I am now learning more and more about mental health that if you need to decompress, if you need to take a day off, that's completely okay because it's an emotional injury that needs to be healed. And it's awareness that not just the society itself, but the cultural background also, but your knowledge and then yourself. These days that I learned so much of the coping skill, not only just doing the podcast, but going, you know, through a lot of information and then being advocate for a lot of victims and then being a journalist really has helped me to research and interview a lot of people as well. Um, so I would say resources, coping skills, and then allowing yourself to decompress and then it's okay to take the day off. It's okay to tell people I can't this, I can't do this right now because I'm going through a lot, but I will get to it when I can. And so give yourself a voice to advocate for yourself and for others. That's really great uh, way to cope because it's like just like having a fever, but it's inside of your brain. It, it's a limbic part of the brain that it's the trauma is stored, that the cognitive part shuts off. So basically 
when people have fever, we go to CVS and get Tylenol and ibuprofen and, and get the fever reduced medicine. But inside the brain, it's hard to apply. Maybe in the future, we will have something like that. But so recognizing um, your thrive and then, you know, dreams and going after it is really great way to deal with this and then staying in positive side and having reinforcement with some positive friends and I, would, I have great 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 friends who completely understand me and not non-judgmental even the bad day or good days and they are so a huge cheerleader for me and you have to recognize at some level when you achieve when you work really hard to be where you are there are so many naysayers and there are so many people who are jealous of you and you just have to cut them off, block them, and you just have to really shield yourself with somebody, some people who understand your passion and also adversity and then be able to be there for you. And I think staying positive, the man who changed me um, doing this, this um, the camp, the volunteer when I was 17, and then why I swore myself to not complain is because I realized at early days, even though the adversity, that I was the one who was saying that I can't do it. So the potential you have is there. And then you have 100% capability of doing it, but your brain, your subconscious, whatever the negative voices are killing you. And then telling you that you cannot do it. So I swore myself, I will never give up until I try a thousand times. And I, if I fail, I fail. I failed by real estate license test. <laughs> but that's I, I tried. But then the same day, actually, I got a, a big role for Don't Look Up, which is nominated for Oscars. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm okay. So you just have to keep trying. And then also, I do a lot, a lot of auditions, like self-tape for actors, act, acting gig. So I did maybe 30 self-tapes and then um, a lot of times you just don't get it and then it's just the nature and then but you just don't use the word rejection but selection. So maybe right. at that time this is not. So I would say people say you have to have thick skin but it's not about thick skin. It's, it's about like you know really having a vision and focus and also really having a, a awareness of how you react I was called so many names, Julie, by doing directing, producing as an Asian female for somehow some people cannot tolerate it. And then when I was doing the nonprofit, I ran nonprofit for 12 years. Some people cannot absolutely tolerate Asian female being a leader. And they just throw at me these nasty things like I'm incompetent, I should resign, I'm like a Hitler, I'm like Stalin. Or whatever but you just have to not react not engage and then stay positive and stay true to your mission and it's and and what i, I it's so funny because when you were talking about the fever and you go and you go to the store and you get a tylenol you know if if i break my arm then i get six weeks off because my arm is in a cast or if i have surgery i have time to recover from that surgery and we give people grace when it comes to like, you break your arm and everybody's like, oh my gosh, you broke your arm. I'm so sorry. Is there something I can do for you? Oh, how can I help you? But if you tell someone, uh, oh my gosh, so I'm just really struggling mentally right now. I'm super depressed. And, you know, I, I just, I don't even really want to be here anymore. 
it's almost like it completely flips and then people will be like, oh, well, you just need to think happy thoughts or you just need to just journal or you just need to, sometimes you just need to sit in it and just know that there's somebody there. I don't need somebody to fix it for me. I don't need somebody to come in and rescue me. I think it's interesting though, that we will give grace to somebody who breaks their arm, but somebody who's sitting in the pit of depression, there's so much judgment about mental health. And I don't know about you, but the last two and a half years that we've been going through all this stuff with the pandemic has made trauma just, and people's mental health just, it's been this huge thing that people are struggling and nobody's acknowledging it. That's what scares me is that people are not acknowledging that the last two years, people are suffering trauma because you can't see people's faces. Children don't understand. They're going to be a generation where that is normal for them. Whereas we, we've been before the pandemic and we have that understanding. But I think that with what you're doing with your podcast about adversity and with what you're doing with the acting and directing in the nonprofit and standing up and saying, hey, I have PTSD. There are things that happen in my life. By more of us standing up and talking about it, I think what it does is it gives us the ability to show others that it's okay to not be okay that it's okay to have that really crappy day. And like you said, those Me Too movements are starting to trans, I don't transfer from what it originally started as into now mental health of, you know what? I didn't want to get out of bed today. You know what, girl, me too. So what did you do to get out of bed today? Well, this is what I did. And by sharing our times of struggle and, and mental I don't know the word, just those times where we mentally don't feel good, that the more we share it, the more we're able to show others that it's okay to feel that way. So, and you brought up a super good point that I talk about all the time is that I always tell my clients, you're like Saturn, you're like the planet Saturn. And there's that white space around the planet. And then there's rings people get to earn their way into your white space. People don't just get to automatically get close to you. Like being close to you is an honor. And then you get to decide where the people sit in the ring. So if somebody treats you like crap, um, you're gonna go sit out in this ring. You don't get to be close to me. So I love that you brought that up and that you have a really good support system. Um, what are some other things that you do to help yourself when you get in that pit? So Julie, that's really good question. And that is something that I've struggled all my life and not having enough tools. And to be honest with you, my first marriage failed drastically because I didn't know how to deal with it. So just to let you know, I've had a share of struggles and lost friends, sometimes maybe um, lost many days in a way well, um, that I wish I knew these kind of things earlier in my life that um, I must say to like, speaking about it, brainstorming with friends, 
I started a podcast that's been helping me a lot too. And thanks to you for coming to my show as well. Um, so I think there are so many informations out there, books, YouTube, and openness to heal and be adaptable that I just did um, this healing session with my friend's mother in India, like two hours healing session, transpersonal regression therapy. It was very, very intense. And then it's really um, calling up the karma, cleansing the karma, recalling what your life was before and then identifying the trauma from the past life and then connecting with your current life and then how it's affecting your relationship it was very interesting but like i did different things and i encourage everyone who has been through trauma to be open just like say i had a thyroid issue and I tried a medication, it didn't work. I had a surgery and then it was okay. But then I got another like hyper and hypo, it's kind of back and forth, but I didn't want to take medication per se. So I went to seek some ways and I got to meet nutrition responsive testing practitioner. So, and I worked with her and then it's got healed. And so I think asking around and searching the answer, but not only that, be open to um, what you feel right to heal yourself and really um, be proud of yourself of trying to heal. It's just like when you have a scar, a visible scar that you apply ointment or band-aid but when you have an emotional injury it's not bleeding out right now so People are not aware, people around you are not aware, unless otherwise you speak out. But when you don't have the right advocacy for yourself, if you can't self-advocate with the correct language, and also the society, like people around you, do not have understanding about the mental health and recognition, then it's just disaster. It's just people, like you said, judge you. So I would say, be open-minded and also be careful who you share but at the same time when you have the support make sure you share and have allies know people who understand you and support you and have their contact and then ask permission if you can reach out to them and in advance so that it's not therapy but friends that are right. and i think in search of healing, intuition is very important. And also information, people tell you this worked. For instance, I was on the train with my volunteer. He was molested like me at the preschool and he started to have a stutter. And he said EMDR worked. And at the same time, my friend in Japan was abused and then her therapist told her about EMDR. So I researched and I found the EMDR therapist and I tried the EMDR, which was very significant for me. So EMDR, I was never like, I just to let people know, eye movement, eye movement desensitizing reprocessing that was discovered in 80s to treat the veteran of Vietnam War. 
by Dr. Shapiro. Now, this is no invasive, this is not medicine, and but you just follow the light left and right or uh, use a vibration to stimulate the uh, limbic part of the brain to bring out the trauma to the cognitive part of the brain so you can understand what's going on in your um, trauma and the deep part of the consciousness and um, so that you basically don't go into the panic attack but can observe it like watching a movie and that's really the goal. So anyways, um, just be open and try new things and then uh, have, but at the same time, make sure you have a, a great support system. Yeah. I, I love that you brought up that to be willing to try things that, because right now, I mean, if you go to your doctor and you're like, oh, I don't feel good. I'm depressed. The first thing they do is give you a pill here, pop this pill, just take this. There's so many natural ways, whether it's food, whether it's EMDR, which I love EMDR. I'm an NLP practitioner, so I take people and heal them through working with the unconscious mind. And there's so many different ways that when you first think about it, your first response is usually like, oh, that's some voodoo stuff. I don't, I don't think that's going to work. But if you have that open mind and think, well, you know what, what's the worst thing that could happen? I'm exactly where I am now, or I could be better. I could feel better instead of just popping a pill. And, and I do believe medication has its point. There are, there are medications out there. There's reasons for medication. I'm not advocating that you just quit all your medicines and go find something else that being open to seeing something different and trying something different could just radically shift your life. And so I, I love that you brought that up. I think that that's a very, very good point is be open to treatments out there. It's not just talk therapy where you, you know, people think, oh, I'm going to go lay on the couch and tell this therapist all my problems. And then they're going to give me medicine. And then my life is going to be completely different there's so many different ways that you can do healing with shadow work and like your friend's mom in India and going through with the unconscious mind and past life regressions and all of these things that people get kind of weirded out about science is finding that it works. Science is finding that when you heal the unconscious mind and when you allow those traumas to come up to the surface and to heal those traumas and to work through those traumas, it allows you to become that person that you've always wanted to be. So I also, by the way, have to congratulate you. I saw, I think it was you and your son just got a new belt. Is it jujitsu that you do? Karate. Karate. I just wanted to congratulate you. I saw that the other day. I thought that that was awesome. Do you think that that's been a part of your healing as well is to be able to be physical and to move and to do those kind of things? Do you think that that's also part of the healing process? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Thank you so much uh, for mentioning that. So it was actually my daughter who got the orange belt. Oh, okay. My, Sorry, your daughter. Yep. My son is already black belt. He's a master. Ooh. He started kindergarten, he got the black belt and he's going for the second degree black belt. So watching him doing the karate and the physical exercise has been very fun, but I haven't really thought about trying myself. So I have the coolest story, Julie, I have to share. So please, please do. I was doing Dexter um, in Massachusetts and I got a call 
actually my friend tagged me for Michelle Yao's photo double for movie. So maybe I could look like the super action star Michelle Yao. So I sent my headshot and then um, size. And the next day I got a call from California number and then she asked me if I can be in Paramount Studio Avenger reshoot tomorrow. So I'm like, uh, where? And then he's like, Hollywood. So I said, I'm in Massachusetts. And she's like, how soon can you get here? So I got 5 a.m. flight the next day and I was in Hollywood at 11.30 a.m. And then went to the COVID test and went to do a costume. And then the next day I was at the Paramount Studio all day with the superstars of Simu and then Mengar and then the Marvel Studios. And basically like being in action movie like production. It was incredible. Shang-Chi, The Legend of Ten Rings. And it came out on my birthday. And I was so proud last year. But anyways, seeing them and then being a photo double of Michelle Yao, the superstar, and then got to wear the superhero costume inspired me so much. And then seeing this crazy like Marvel Studios production, eating lobster, filet young, and then like creme brulee, like bust around by a golf cart in the Palmwood studio, completely changed my perspective of physical action stars and so i'm like i want to do stunt i want to be really really cool so i signed up myself uh my daughter already started in july i was i had a, a good talk to uh with the instructor who i've known years and i said i really want to be a stunt um woman and then i'm 45 but michelle's like a little bit older than me but she's amazing so i'm like right I got this. So now I actually not only did start karate, but I did a Spartan race at the Fenway Park with my children. I did 5K, 22 obstacles, and I've done parkour, and I'm making the stunt wheel. The other day, I was doing three-finger push-ups and five-finger push-ups, and then technical lift, and the stunts, and punch, and sit-ups, and I ripped my dress. <laughs> You're like, I know I have arrived. I have ripped my dress. I am a star because I know I'm putting in the work. Huh. Isn't it amazing the when you do the physical thing? Like I do CrossFit and to me, there's nothing better than just tearing those weights up and yeah, it hurts. And oh my God, I'm exhausted after I'm done. But there's something about that it helps to move the energy that gets stuck in your body, that depression, that even you don't have to go be a stunt woman, you don't have to go do CrossFit, but get up and dance in your kitchen, move your hips back and forth, go for a walk. If you can't get to the mailbox, if you're at a point where even getting out of bed is hard, then get out of bed, walk around to the other side of the bed and walk back, but start physical movement because that movement will start to move the energy and it'll start to come up and it'll start to come out and it'll start to help you heal. So I, I love that. But yeah, I saw that. Um, I, and I saw your pushups. Uh, congratulations. Those were amazing. I was like, I want to do those someday. I want to be just like jury and do those pushups. <laughs> In a sparkling dress. In a sparkling dress. It was amazing. So I could talk to you for the rest of today. Before I ask my final question, how do people find you? Because I know that there's going to be listeners that are like, I need some jury in my life. And I want to hear, you know, how can they find your book? 
How can they get a hold of you? Tell, tell us all about it. Sure. So I'm very friendly person and I'm well, I, I welcome so um, anybody messages me. Uh, in fact, I was on Japanese reality show, which had official rating of 7.5 million people watched my episode. So I'm officially viral for a 45 minute show. <laughs> but anyway, oh. so people contact me all the time. So I'm so open to it. My Facebook, you can just put J-L-O-V-E. J-U-R-I-L-O-V-E. I'm like, you can search me. Um, I don't have any private setting. You can message me. Instagram, Juri Panda, J-U-R-I-P-A-N-D-A. If you want to see my stunt work, you can just put Juri Love Stunt, S-T-U-N-T. I don't know, Julie. I don't know who's watching my reel, but I have like 3,000 views on my like push-up video. I have no idea who's watching them. That's but- awesome. That's so fantastic. You can watch all my crazy reels, um, Julie Love Stunt. And my book is A Gift from Adversity right here. And I have a show called A Gift from Adversity, which is on Anchor.fm and Spotify, YouTube. And this is available on Amazon. And the subtitle is Overcoming Sexual Abuse, Domestic Violence, Bullying, and Homelessness by Julie Love, A Gift from Adversity. Um, it, it became actually Amazon number one new release in three different categories. Uh, in 2020 so I got this orange banner was cool and then um my website is julielove.com j-u-r-i-l-o-v-e.com and you can simply google my name Julie Love and you see uh, a lot of my work as a journalist I'm a verified journalist I'm a photographer too um so I forgot to mention that I, was, I do photography too um so and then the film that I produced is on IMDb so if you go to IMDb and then type Love, you can see my reel my photos and then my credits as well oh that is amazing so I will for all those people I will read I tell you guys every single week read the show notes I'm going to put all of her links to find her in the show notes So I have a final question for you. So you and I have gotten to the point where we feel pretty good, right? And there's somebody probably listening to this going, well, hey, you know, guys, that's great that you guys feel so good, but I really just can't even get out of bed today and my life sucks and and I really don't like my life right now. What is one piece of advice you would give someone that is in those ashes who doesn't see how to get out of them and is just at that point where life really has no meaning? What is one piece of advice that you would give them to help them start that journey to healing? Well, if somebody's listening right now and if somebody is going through ashes and then really feel depressed and can't get out of bed right now, I would say that's okay. I would say stay in your bed today, tomorrow if you need to be, and that is completely okay. You are going through the chemical shift in your brain. It's just like a phase. And then a lot of women who had experienced contraction when you're having a baby, it's like 20 men pulling you to the ground and tearing your body apart. But it comes and goes. And then the intensity lasts maybe five, 10 minutes apart, like as it progresses. But the point is, it's not going to last forever and it feels like it's forever and it feels like you're a failure. It feels like you are just like peace, just nothing, like you mean nothing. And all this self-sabotage happens and I've done it so many times to myself. Make sure that those are the days 
that is not gonna last forever. That's not that's not basically um, what people define you. And if people judge you because of that, then they don't have to be your friend. And if they try to control you in certain ways when you are going through these moments, then they're not your friend. And make sure that it's okay completely to be in that mental stage, but know that this is conditional. It's not gonna last forever. And I had so many days locking myself in the bathroom or closet, in bed, and I have so many expectations. Maybe I created it or people that if I fail as a single mom, I can't pay bills and then what should I do? I've had so many days of that, Julie. But just to let you know, I dealt with it so many days that I don't want the audience to go through it, like waste their life. But also it's okay to cry, it's okay to be in bed and it's okay to decompress and allow yourself to feel sad, allow yourself to really deep dive into the rock bottom. Uh, so bottom, uh, I'm sharing my book that um, the prologue of my book is in Dead Sea, where it's the lowest point of the earth, that I was actually there and I was in the Dead Sea floating. And I hit the rock bottom of my life and then I, at the lowest point of my on the earth. And then my friend at the time when I met him um, in the Dead Sea, we were floating together and he said there's a secret passage from the rock bottom, but you have to hit it first. But it's by Rumi, the poet. So sometimes you just have to go through those moments and know that there is a secret passage to the top. But it doesn't have to be top, it can be sideways, it can be anyways. But you just have to know that everything is going to be okay and you are perfect, you are enough, and then you are like, you're gonna be the person that you want to be, whatever you want to be. And for me right now, my goal is to not have way too much expectation, but having a thought of harvesting of the work that I've done and really capturing everything that I had put hard work on and being on a vibration. And I feel that it's happening every day. So make sure you give yourself a credit, a formation, be proud and codependency is gonna kill you. Don't expect people to treat you the way that you want people to treat you. Treat yourself the way that you want people to be treat, treating you. So I think that was my mistake of depending on somebody, especially a relationship, intimate relationship. So I tend to seek love from other people, but along the way my journey, I learned a mantra, I'm the love that I seek, and that really resonated me. So try not to depend on somebody's love 
somebody's affirmation and validation but try to be kind to yourself and when you get to the point where you are so depressed remind yourself what have you done in your life you're breathing right now and you're okay and then you're alive right now and that's enough and when you go through that stage make sure you have support system ahead of time not there and then try to do this coping skill list the coping skill and try to do something happy go buy a flower like go buy a candle i like candles light the candles and then just really try to focus on what you have to do today and if you can do schedule if you can go to places that you're supposed to that's a huge win so don't expect way too much but really try to survive one day at a time ah it's so funny because this episode is going to be right around 50th episode and i've never had the same answer to that question and i and to me i love 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 that i never get the same same answer and that was so there's so many beautiful things that you shared in that answer and and it is okay to not be okay it is okay to I, a friend of mine calls them your, uh, oh, what does she call them? Bridget Jones diary days where you just want to sit in your bed and eat ice cream and cry. If that's the day that you're going to have, then make sure you get really good ice cream. And if you're going to sit in bed and eat ice cream and cry, then sit in bed and eat ice cream and cry. And like you said, it's, it, it will pass. It may feel like a kidney stone, but it will pass and, and you will be better on the other side of it. So Jerry, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you so much. And it was an absolute honor being on your show. It was my honor having you on my show. Thank you again so much for being here. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Julie. And then having a platform where a lot of people can share their deepest mind and then hopefully help empower other people and then your listeners. Ah, thank you so much. And with that, friends, I will end it the way that I ended every single week. And jury said it as well. You're enough. You were born enough. You are enough. You will always be enough. You are magic and stardust and divinity wrapped up in a human experience. And if you could only see the divine light that shines back from your eyes, you, my friend, would never, ever, ever doubt your greatness again. And with that, enjoy your day. Enjoy your week. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for spending your time with me. I appreciate you. And remember, you are loved. You are treasured. You are adored. You are worthy. And you are so more than enough. I hope that you were inspired. And if you were, please feel free to download, share, and leave a comment. I would be eternally grateful. Thank you so much and have an absolutely magical day.